This podcast is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza, one of the best pizza places in Santa Monica, located at 1811 Pico Boulevard. Stop on by. Hey, welcome to Mod Rats Podcast. Podcast Mod Rats. Episode number three zero. The big three zero. I'm not done talking. Please. You had your weekend of fun. My turn. Go for it. My name is Thomas. I am a pain in the ass. I'm here to annoy my co-host, Juliet Lamar. He can't annoy me. He thinks he can. He's wrong. And we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff, such as Google Maps, anger, how you first react to people, dealing with criticism, giving and taking it. What else? Well, you just told me you want me to rant, so those are pretty much my ranting points right there. Oh, well, well, <laughs> bringing back house stuff to the front of house. Okay, that's like, here's the steak we dropped. Eat it. But yeah, those are the sub- subjects. I did drop my piece of toast on the floor this morning. This happens to me a lot. I don't know if this happens to anybody else, um, but in the morning I'm rushed. I think we can all, you know, relate to being rushed in the morning or whenever you're going to work. Mm. And uh, I'm not loud enough in my own ears. Anyway, and uh, so, you know, as usual, I've got my coffee in one hand and I've got my breakfast, whatever that what breakfast is. What kind of is. coffee? Oh, it's Red Bear Roasting Coffee, <laughs> actually. It is. Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug, but real plug, too, because it's my friend's roastery company. So I constantly drink his coffee because That's funny. why would I buy other coffee if my friend makes coffee? So Red Bear Roastery, guys, check them out on Instagram. They're awesome. It's hand, hand um, what is it, what is it, uh, roasted coffee beans? Artisanal roasted, Artisanal small batch roasted. roast. Some, all of those things. It is all yeah. of the things Thomas mentioned. Small batch, by hand. He also delivers them by hand, so which is Packages cool. by hand. He packages by... And she's just a one-man show. Yeah. And awesome. um, Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I drink his coffee. So yes, in my can is a Red Bear Roastery coffee, mm-hmm. coffee. And then my breakfast, which is typically toast with something on it, like, you know, I don't know, cream cheese or avocado. And I would say five mornings that I go to work, I probably drop my breakfast in the ground three to four of those times. You'd think I would change my behavior, but I'm not going to because this is the only way I know so how to be. So is toast on a napkin in your hand? It is, and like 50-50 chance it lands face up or face down, right? But at that oh. point, I'm already in a rush, so I just fucking eat it, man. This is why I'm healthy. Avocados, uh, man. <laughs> they're the best. So good for you. So good for you. So today, it was like extra fun because I was in a rush, slightly late, going to, to do it, and for some reason, my toast, instead of just falling and I go you know I have that moment of is it heads up or heads down do you even give a shit at this point you're like nah, boom. I'm like I just can't believe it myself every time it happens that I continue to do the same behavior right so why do you feel rushed because I'm late because I didn't get up so early enough because I'm too tired to get up early do you lag and where's the lag there is no lag the lag is I don't get up early enough because I went to bed too late the night before from doing other things so like okay. and I think a lot of people can relate to this you're jam-packed from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed so you go to bed later than you should because you're doing something mm-hmm. that you have to get done for work or for projects or whatever you're doing. Kids, I don't know, those things happen. Uh, and then you're tired, so you sleep in to the very last moment you possibly can. And you wake up, and like my time is optimized. I put my, you know, I'm doing my toast and my coffee while I'm getting dressed, while I'm doing this and that, I'm running around, doing a thousand things. And I just do not wake up early enough. Fuck. But I don't want to wake up earlier because I, then I would sleep less, right? So there's this whole... I don't know. There's a whole jam pack. I honestly don't know. I mean, I waste so much time. I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Oh, you're a time waster. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, I, I feel like everyone wastes time. Uh. Like, look on your phone, measure how much time you're on Instagram. Not me. Measure, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying there's got to be two hours minimum 
of dead time in everyone's day. When I'm driving. Well, that's not really a dead time. You have to drive. Places. I know. It sucks. But you don't feel like you have any downtime? There's uh, no dead time? Most days of the week, I do not eat meals sitting down. Huh. Like breakfast is on the go in my good. car. I'm sure it's not, but I got shit to do. Shit. So anyway, I, most of the time when my toast falls off my coffee, I think, why do I still balance my toast mm. and my coffee? And I think because I don't have a free hand. Right. Because I'm taking um, a lot of things with me because I'm doing several different jobs a day. Can you do a smoothie in the morning? I could, but then like, I have to get up earlier to make it. No, before you prep. go to bed. I could prep it, maybe. Well, what about those ones where you just add water or almond milk and it has a little shaker thing in the middle yeah, of it? Yeah, so I, I, see I all wanna, the fucking CrossFit people with those things. I want to I wanna make those instant oats. You know, when you pour yeah. the, you make the, the dry oats with yeah. the cranberries. And I, I'm going to start doing that. I just love toast and I love avocado I hear you. toast. It's a good start. So, anyway, this morning my toast did like some acrobatics and it was kind of funny. Luckily, it was just cream cheese because avocado would have flown off. It was cream cheese uh, with. Slices of cucumber on top of it with some salt and pepper, which the pepper, when it does land face down, it's really hard to tell what is gravel and what is not when you peppered your toast appropriately. So it, it falls and it does some flips and then it goes under my car. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. And I, was, I looked at myself in the mirror. So it actually like <laughs> bounced and it rolled? It bounced off of, if for those of you watching, it, it came off the coffee and it's always in slow motion. I'm like, why? So you have the coffee cup and then the, the toast, toast balanced, stacked on top? Balanced on top. Yeah. You're a riot. And uh, this, is my, funny this is my life. And I've got like four bags full of changes of clothes and shoes and whatever else I'm doing. And uh, it, it's like always happens when I go to open my car door. And there it goes. And it bounced. It, like I saw it falling in like this perfect sideways slant. And it hit. It bounced. And it went underneath the car. And I was like, oh. This is the first time it's underneath the car. I get down on hands and knees. And of course, it's like face down. I'm like, all right. So I pick it up. And I'm like, you know, you brush it off. Yeah. It looked okay. And I ate it. It was fine. It was cold, sure too, by fine. that point. Well, I did read somewhere at some point in my life that eating dirt is good for you. Definitely. Yeah, the microbes in there. Yeah. So this I is agree. all part of my healthy living strategy. Okay. That's just my morning. How was your morning? Uneventful. I got sleep, thank God. Oh, good. You know, dealt with some tasks, some chores. Check, check, check. It was kind of productive for me. Nice. For now. For now. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Good. Oh, I also ripped my pants this morning. You guys can't see. I don't know if you can oh see. Gosh. I ripped my pants. These are going to be designed and drawn on soon. Absolutely. Are they slotted for the artistic block? <laughs> well, when I it was this is such a comical morning when I bent down to get my toast because I had to get down the ground. My pants ripped, and I was like, "Happy Monday." Do but, pants just go? How do women's pants go? Are those leggings, jeggings? What are they? Just they're jeans? Jeans. They're they look jeans. Like jeans. They're like stretchy, stretchy jeans. But uh, I, what does that mean? There's a span, guys don't understand what that means. Some guys do. Okay. <laughs> Depends on the man you're hanging out with. Um, it so just it like, just means that are jeggings. No, it just means that most women's jeans, because they're so tight, they end up being uh, jean material, whatever huh. that is, plus uh, spandex. So these are stretchy. But I wear them a lot, and because I'm so active and bending my knee a lot, it ripped when I tried to get my toast, and I was like, all right. And then someone made the comment of like, oh, buy you new pants if you don't have to have pants with holes in them because they thought I bought them like this. It was right. like a joke. And I was like, these pants ripped on their own. Thank you very much. Natural rips. But people do buy really expensive designs. Oh, my stuff God. I hate... All right. Okay. If you're out there and you are buying pants or clothes with holes in them already, no why? I get it. What is the message you are trying to portray to the world? I don't know. Like, I'm going to wear these because they actually rip naturally and I feel like I earned, earned it. Earned it. <laughs> But you see those jeans. I know it's not as popular anymore, but when I was a kid, mm -hmm. Hollister, okay, take a walk down memory lane with me. It is bleached just in like a 
two inch to three inch section down the thigh and potentially on the on the shin, but usually not just the thigh because that's where your jeans get bleached just there. And then they're ripped like you got mauled by a bear. <laughs> like whose pants rip naturally in an, on an upper thigh unless you are taking a hacksaw to it? That's just not something that that occurs. Mm-hmm. I wore my jeans inside out to school. Why did you do that? Because I was a badass. Did you make up that badassery on your own? Kind of. Okay. I rolled with it. Hey, it works. Why Why are your pants not inside out right now? I, I would. I could do it. I'm I just a... remember senior year in high school, 1988. With an inside out. Yeah. Were you the only one? Jar, what do you call it? Jabot or whatever? They were fucking expensive jeans. I don't know about designer brands, but I'll it take was, your word for it. <laughs> yeah, it was that phase. Okay. Ultra prep, whatever. Like a polo shirt, like something like this was $80. Well, yeah. And the jeans were 250 bucks. But you were like, you know And I wore them inside out. Wearing them inside out. Yep. Was that to show off more labelage? No, there was no labels on the inside. I just had oh, the pockets dangling, like, full inside out. And actually, a couple weeks later, a bunch of people started doing it. Look at you, trendsetter. I don't know if I was. It was just fun. I just didn't give a See, shit. See, I don't mind that. That is That, to me, is art and cool. Ripping your your stuff. Everyone had ripped jeans, but though. It's ugly. Acid wash, ripped jeans. It's Not ugly. Uh, maybe now it's played. It's definitely 80s. It's so high 80s. hair. Yeah, I'm just not into the 80s. I don't like neon. Like I'm done with it. I was done with it when it happened. But, I'm kind uh, of enjoying it. You enjoyed I'm, it? Yeah, I kind of enjoy seeing all the hipsters and all the whatever rocking out to 80s music and shit Ugh. that I got called a fag for listening to, like The Smiths, The Cure, Depeche Mode. They're all getting a second life. It's kind of cool. That's just life. Uh, that's just the, the life of I think popularity, though. Yeah. It's so cyclical. Yeah, it is for sure. Okay, so what do you miss the most about the 80s? Uh, my youth. <laughs> Being young. Yeah. Yeah? That's, yeah. But that's, that's just you. No internet. But that's just, yeah. People were connected. I was going to say, because what you just, your, your youth, that could be any, I mean, if you were born in like the Renaissance, you could say you miss your youth. But That's true. What part of that, the 80s, you said you like the 80s? Yeah, I just think people, yeah. People, although there's a resurgence now with people going to concerts and events, I just felt like the world was more connected mm. than it is today. I think it's more and less connected at the exact same time. More and less. I feel like people, I feel like life was t- more about connection. If you wanted someone's number, you had to write it down, you had their name, or you wrote it on a piece of paper. There was more physical exchanges. Okay. Just get like, hey, can I have your number? People mm-hmm. had business cards, and like that was a big deal. I still have business cards, and someone told me that they're not... They make me look unprofessional. And I thought, what? <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's the whole, here, I'm giving you something. I'm, yeah. Let me give you my number. Or mm-hmm. just having someone's phone number. And How do you get people's phone numbers and now? they didn't have cell phones. So you would have to, some, who knows who would answer the phone. Like if okay. you got a girl's number, you could find out. Could be grandma, out. you don't know. Could be grandma, mom, brother, uncle, father. When you, well, so sister. how are people giving their phone numbers now? Because I still, when I, I need someone's know. phone number, I will ask for the phone number and they will give me the phone yeah, number. Yeah, uh, give me your Facebook, Instagram, mostly Instagram. If I don't Snapchat, want to talk to them, kick, whatever fuck, I will ask for Facebook. So yeah, if I've done that to you, I'm sorry. But if it's, I, it's social media, <laughs> right? So, but the, I just felt, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you still have to ask for someone. So the intention is still the same. But it wasn't all this distraction. You, you, people weren't on devices everywhere. And then if you wanted to capture a moment, you had to really bring a camera. And yeah. who was the geek that brought the fucking camera? Me. All right. <laughs> well, but very few. So yeah. I have so many moments in my life that were not being recorded. There wasn't surveillance. There wasn't a distraction of, hey, let's Instagram this, selfie this. Nothing, not, that world didn't exist at all. 
Yeah. Until I was like 27. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I grew up before the internet. I, I'm not anti-internet. I'm just, it was nice. Yeah. Did you get lost a lot? So we had this discussion this weekend about Google Maps and whether or not you could live your life without it. And I said I could, I just don't want to. Yeah, that's a great question. So we had Thomas Guides. I have one of those in my car still, just in case my phone runs out of batteries. And <laughs> I feel like people overall were more heads up and sharper hmm. and more streetwise without Google Maps and without depending on technology for instant answers. If you didn't know, you either lied, you know, or you just said you didn't know and you had to stop and again, connect with people and ask yeah. for directions, yeah. which wasn't such a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a big deal now. I, guess, I think it depends on who you are asking for directions. So I feel a little bit the opposite. Okay. Um, and I don't know if this is a gender thing. It might not be. I just thought maybe it might be. Uh, with Google Maps, I am so confident to go anywhere because I can that's get myself out of anywhere. Yeah, that's, so that's a plus. I leave my house. I don't, huge... need, I don't need to, to plan. You know, I plan a little bit, but I don't need to plan exactly what streets I'm going to take because Google's mm-hmm. just going to tell me and it's going to mm-hmm. get me there fast and efficiently. And if I'm going somewhere I don't know for uh-huh. an event or something and I don't like it, I can just get out of there, right. walking, driving, lifting, like however, yeah. my phone is providing so like a escape so hatch. That's a good way to look at it too. It's not just it's not just Google. It's you know, in any metropolis or metropolitan area or high density area, most major urban cities, let me get my fucking sentence out. You have Uber too. So you have yeah. these contingencies of safety. Mm-hmm. When you have a phone, right, it's tracking you if God forbid something happens. So that world didn't exist until yeah. I was like 27. And even then, it wasn't Google Maps. No, it was like and, a TomTom or yeah. a, um, yeah. what did I have? I had one of those things in my car. My okay, dad got I it for me. I wonder how old Google Maps is. but So there's a lot of advantages to it. What's weird about it is you can totally go, oh, where is that restaurant? And then Google Map it and look on it on your device, whether it's, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and see where people live. I could go look at my house where I grew up. Like, it's it's kind of interesting, like, the whole surface area of the planet. Mm-hmm. Google Maps is no joke. That's why I think it's, it almost connects us more because if you're someone who is, um, stuck is the wrong word, but is still living in the same place that you mm-hmm. were raised in or born in, uh, you can have a wider worldview. You're more connected to the actual space that but is are the you? world. That's my dilemma. Are you more connected? If are we all- more engaged? Are we more connected to life? Are we really connected to one another? When you go, and this is again... Growing up, almost to your age, even, even what are you, 30? Mm-hmm. So when I was 30 and going to restaurants, not everyone was staring at their phones. I think that, that we need to make a conscious effort to not do that during social situations, right. right? People on their phones. I saw, I drove past a bunch of bus stops today and everyone was there on their phone. And I thought, wow, 10 people waiting for the bus and right. every single person is on their phone. Right. And they're probably checking when the bus gets there or, you know, something Who that's knows? helping them. But uh, you have to make a conscious effort to not be on your phone because it's addictive. But I do think it is more connected because I can talk to a bunch more people. I can understand what's going on in the world more so than right. ever before. And I can educate myself. But there's, with every good thing, there is darkness. Yeah, I don't know if it's darkness. For me, it's like, how much do I need to know what's going in? If war's going in and what's coming out, I feel backed up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like not, literally not being able to shit for a while. Like, how much needless information do I need to know? And look, I don't need to know all the directions yeah. to anything because now I'm dependent on Google yeah. to get around. And then, fuck it, if I'm lost, then, you know, 
I can Uber my way out of there. Or So there's a lot of advantages. Everything's a trade-off. But my concern is there's more information coming in that I, than I can ever act upon, utilize, discuss, need. And what you were talking about, like being able to turn it off. Yeah, because your hands on the faucet, and I think a lot of people don't want to think that because people don't want to be accountable for their actions, which right. is a great segue into our criticism topic. Oh, shit. Um, but people do not want, I'm speaking in vast generalities, most people do not want to be responsible for their own faucet handle. You don't want to turn off the needless information that you can see on your phone because it's entertaining, it helps mm. you pass the time, but yet you're overloading your system with information, and yeah. you just said needless facts. Why are they needless? Because you don't, you don't, you're not seeking the information for a purpose. You're just seeking it to gather. I just feel like I'm being bombarded with but it. But you're bombarding yourself. Um, right? No, not always. Okay. Um, when you talk to people, the level, do you know about this? Do you know about that? You have 5,000 television choices, 50 million movies. You don't movies. have to watch TV. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's almost like just like I went to the store and it's just like, all right, I did my Instagram thing. Did my posts, regular stuff, and I just see everyone's either engaged um, on their devices, but there's so much consumption, whether it's by choice or not, that I feel like people have so much firepower. What's what's topical? They also are not getting as in depth. I think I see that problem quite frequently, and I see it with myself as well. Mm. I know a little about a lot of things, and although that is good. It also can be detrimental because you do not know the full story right. of a certain thing. Right. Unless you've taken the time to research that certain thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel that way with TV. And because I never grew up with TV, we never had a TV in my house. Um, we still don't have a TV in our house because cool. somehow my husband also does not like TV. He grew up in a household where there's a TV in every room and they are on. Mm. Um, his parents like to watch different things. So it's not even the same thing mm-hmm. in every room. Mm-hmm. And it is crazy how it overpowers my sensory, like, world. I'm at their house and someone's talking. I'm like, oh, the TV's on. And I just get sucked in because it's, it's so flashy and loud right, and bright and right. dynamic. And uh, because I'm not used to so it, you, I, can't, I can't, like, So you feel like it. it's an elect... So, you, so I guess what I didn't carry through on my... Yeah. I'm not totally electing when to turn things on or off when you leave your house no just in general like you said there's a self-soothing component mm-hmm. to having a device or having the tv on i fall asleep watching tvs and, oh know, i can't do that it has and to be movies dark and silent <laughs> yeah I, I could do that too but it's it's a different prep hmm. it's a different kind of prep like i have to be in a different frame of mind and it's really good sleep hygiene as they call it but most of the time last night i ate five skinny cows Oh, those are good. I ate five of them. That's a little much. It was way, way <laughs> too much. And then just sugar crashed. Sugar's one hell of a drug. Look, I'm just trying to get my sleep right now. So, yeah. But I woke up at like 2.30, went into my room, had complete darkness, was able to fall asleep, woke up at 5.30, like, fuck, and then just put, on, sugar. put on YouTube. I think that's the sugar. Uh, it could be a lot of things. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I need something to fucking turn that motor off. Mm-hmm. And for me, I need to either dump, yeah, it's sugar, if it's carbs, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's just where I'm at now with my benzo withdrawal, but that's separate. Back to when I was younger, yeah, I would work all day, sometimes watch a movie, but I didn't always have something Or you don't have time electron- to watch a movie. I would, my head would hit the pillow, I would be out. Yeah. But I was doing 16, 18 hour days. Yeah. And I, I would eat at work. Yeah, I definitely re- 
uh, sympathize with not being able to turn off my brain. Um, but if I have another sensory input, it doesn't turn off my brain. I just right. now I'm engaging with that thing. Right. Because uh, I personify everything. Right. Um, and I engage with it. Even if it's a movie that I'm supposed to just be an observer to, I'm engaged with it with my mind. But, um, but yeah, it's a very interesting, very interesting way. So do you find that, back to the criticism part, like, do devices come into play? For criticism? Yeah, like, I was watching a, a uh, I don't know if I watched or saw it again, needless information, and now I get to act upon. But this teacher had all the students put their phones on their desks mm-hmm. on loud. And every time their phone went off, whether it was Snapchat, KIK, whatever it is, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, whatever it was, they had to keep a tally. And it was like insane. The whole for, class? Yeah, for the 30 kids. It, for the 30 kids, it came out to like almost 1,100 or 1,200 notifications of some okay. sort from all those platforms. And then? No, it's just your phone's always going on. Yeah. And these are kids that are learning. But you can turn it off. So at nighttime, I have a thing between a certain amount of hours... Mm-hmm. My phone's on silent mode unless it's an alarm clock. Right. So if someone calls me, texts me, messages me, and my phone does not react to it. Right. That doesn't always work. That app needs some work. Whoever works on that app needs to freaking fix it. Because last night my mom called me at 2.30 and woke me up out of a deep sleep. Anyway, that wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, so you can set things. So uh-huh. you could say as a parent, this another app idea, you know, when you're in school, it turns off all notifications. Or they you must know, blocks them. I'm they sure they do. But you can elect to regulate your, your consumption. Yeah, you can elect, right, but people aren't. Why not? I don't know. I just know more and more people are on their phones. Take responsibility for your actions. That's probably one of the biggest things that bothers me about humanity. I mean, there's a lot. But people in general, mass generalities, do not like to take responsibility for their actions because it's much easier to say something's happening to you than you're creating it for yourself. And a lot of, and sometimes you get hit by a car, you know, you didn't, that's something that you can't make not happen. So I get that there are situations that you did not create or cause, but um, this goes back to criticism and how we should be nicer to people. So do you, how do you handle criticism personally? When someone gives you a critical not well. thing, what do you do? What's your, what are your steps? Someone comes up and they say, Oh, it really depends. Okay. You're re- I mean, wow. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> So it depends, obviously. If it's somebody... What are they criticizing me about? um, Who are they? All of those questions. So that's what I was going to say. If it's something that's coming from a loved one, it depends on what loved one, right? If it's coming from my family, I don't really care. If it's coming from Dan, I care a lot, (laughs) right? If it's coming from friends, I don't really care. If it's coming from a boss, you care a lot, right? But you handle the criticism, I think... Depending on who it is, I still think you handle it the same way. It's just whether or not you act upon your reaction. So what's the criticism? Is it personal in nature? Is it attire, your appearance? What is the... like? I think that all criticism is personal. Is it feedback? Is it a... How did they deliver the f- criticism? Exactly. It's important. It is, but I think that we all have the same reaction. It's a reaction. huge topic, actually. I think that criticism, no matter how... Mm-hmm. What it is, if it's for physical... Your work, I think almost all criticism is personal, is taken personally. That's no matter what. Almost the first reaction. Sure. Unless you are an amazing compartmentalizer. Some people are. Some people are. But the first reaction for most people is to take it personally, no matter what it is. Oh, really? You think? I think so. I'm going to disagree. 
Okay. So what do you think? Again, it's how it's framed and presented to you. But you don't think when someone gives you a criticism that you don't take it personally right off the bat? That's not your first like initial gut reaction. Not always. All right. Give me an example. Um... Learning not to be so impulsive. Uh, my whole life I've been like, I mean, it served me well to be an early adopter, mm -hmm. first one to recognize, need to change, uh, a new idea, hop on things, but I'm also impulsive, not like a gambler, but kind of like, mm -hmm. you know. Instant um, gratification? No, no, maybe. Okay. I mean, probably a little bit of that, but more just like, not not getting all the facts. Mm -hmm. Like if my gut goes off, I respond, and 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 I sometimes lack tact, discretion. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm, you know, over over um, over involved or activated by it um, instead of being patient. So, so all those things you said were I statements. So you don't think this is something you're taking personally. And so if someone criticizes me on it, I don't, I know it's my, I know it's my issue. Mm -hmm. So I try to make a note that that's rubbing them the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I try to back off. Does that, is that help? Is that a solution that is working for you? Like, are you finding that it's helping? Sometimes, you? but sometimes, honestly, you can't hold back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fuck you. You're, you're wrong. I'm a soothsayer. I'm right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I told you so. Like, Yeah. I guess what I was getting at with the personalization is that I think why criticism doesn't work a lot of times from any source and from about anything is that you take it personally and the person giving it to you is giving it to you in a personally attacking way. Okay, so, th so that's why I was asking you. Yeah. How is it framed and is it feedback or not? Um, yeah, because if Cause we're breaking it down, difference? if we're breaking it down to, uh, into each little tiny statement, I'm I'm just saying that in the mass generalities, if you're giving criticism or you're taking it, right. the main issue with both of those, no right. matter what, is that people give it too personally and they take it too personally. But back to what you're saying, there's only a core group of people that it really is pertinent or relevant. But those people don't what they think. know. Like my friends and family, like extended family, probably don't know that I don't really. Like, I appreciate their criticism, okay. but that it is not going to affect me the same way as Dan. They might know, but they might not. Like, if I'm giving someone criticism... One should under, understand, like... Well, then why would they ever give it to me if they didn't, knew that you didn't care? Because they overvalue themselves. But what's the point? You're speaking to a vacuum. Because um, they overvalue themselves and think that everything they say is gospel and it's important mm. for you to hear it. Even if you're not even connecting, you're giving them the wonky eye and you're not even engaged, they're still going to give you their peace. Yeah. And that's just their nature. So I just wanted to cover, I guess... So to me, again, why... that's like, what's the value? Like, look, if a customer comes in and is like, this sucks, I'm taking it fucking personally. Yeah. You know? Um, and I'll take a whole bunch of shit professionally. Um, no problem. Again, it's about what's the mission, what's the focus, what's the task, what's the core values, what's the company motto, all that into consideration. And are they giving constructive feedback? Or is it personal criticism? 
I don't feel like anything that's a personal criticism, of course I'm going to take it very personally. Yeah. Even if it is a strange, like, nice shirt, jackass, I'm going to be like, uh, uh maybe. Um, doubt's going to creep in. I may not react in the moment, but I might doubt myself later. Or if three or four people are like, hey, zipper hat, or like, whatever, like, I'm like, damn, wrong shirt today. I guess what I wanted to get at was just for our listeners so they could have some value of, like, some several ways of not reacting that way of oh crap maybe my shirt sucks because of just something outside people who don't matter told you how to accept criticism right properly and then for people who think their word is gospel actually how to give it a little better than the way they are is what i wanted to leave our listeners with what how to train people like hey you know you're criticizing me you're stopping what i'm doing or you're stopping whatever's happening and you like my older brother always like, dude, don't be rash. Don't be impetuous. And he's usually right. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, oh. But that's because you have a relationship with him where you realize that he's usually right. Well, I'm thinking about getting you like some kind of like Tupperware thing to carry your toast. I'm not like gonna... I'm like, there has to be a solution for this. You know? So my, I guess it's kind of like, oh, you dropped your toast again. You're going to be like, yeah, I know. It's just my thing. But if there's something yeah. new brought to the table, a new criticism... Then I'm gonna take it fucking personally, regardless of it. if it's a new shirt, you know. Because if it's kind of like I haven't decided if I like it, mm-hmm. or if I feel I'm doing something that is appropriate or correct or uh, with good intentions, and I get uh, I don't get the uh, response that am I doing it for a response? That's the first question. Yeah, I was gonna say uh... right. So it gets really complicated. I just wanted to I mean, bring you back. I'm just saying I think. That when you receive criticism, whether it's from a stranger yelling at you sure. from this, from a car... All right, so let's just or, say everything's personal. I'll just go you with ha- you. You don't have to say everything's personal. I'm just saying that people... The, your initial reaction mm-hmm. to criticism mm-hmm. is probably not the best. It's... Right? Uh, okay. I'm going to indulge you. you don't, do you think sometimes it's the best? Yeah. Why? Do you think react, being reactionary is the best? Uh, it, no, but if I get... So if something comes up... And my reaction will usually indicate um, if I'm right or wrong, if I'm doing something right or wrong. But if it's a shirt, that's not a right or wrong thing. No, it's a bad, <laughs> bad example, but we're talking about a broad, it's yeah, a very broad it's thing. Very broad. If you came and criticized me about something I was doing, I would have a, re- so my reaction could be a lot of things. I could be like, ah, fuck her. She's, what is she talking? She's talking out of her ass. Mm-hmm. Or it's just a shirt, no big deal. I'll, 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 I'll wear something she likes. But if it's something that where I feel sick because you're bringing something to my attention and I feel shame or usually embarrassment is my, my default. Like, mm-hmm. I get really embarrassed. Like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Then I'll feel ashamed if it was, like, something I shouldn't have done. So that response doesn't have to do with the criticism. It has to do with my action. If it's defensive, like, you're out of line, what the fuck are you crit- criticizing me for? Why are you coming at me? That's usually at this stage of my life. I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm right, but I'm kind of like, I know not to give my power away to the person criticizing me. But what if they're not criticizing you? See, you just said it's criticism's personal. No, I wasn't going to say not personal. You're taking it personal. Like yeah. If they're just trying to criticize something because it's their point of view, okay. they're not personally attacking you. Depends on how they criticize you, right? Yeah, Okay. exactly. So that's what I was getting at. I said, so that's feedback to me. It could be feedback, but I, I like our listeners. If you're someone who gives a lot mm-hmm. of criticism, right? I have, I have a lot of friends who do like you, to tell me how to do things. You don't give a lot things. of criticism. No, 
I think you give feedback. I think you're very team-orientated and very I am. constructive I in how you give your feedback Thank to people. You. No, you. I'm just saying. I just, I'm really empathetic, so, so I think I just feel subject. how it's going to feel. Yeah, no, but it's an interesting subject you know, to bring up. I think this is a great topic, and I'm sure everyone feels fucking criticized and judged. They do, and uh, what? because what, a lot of my friends like mm-hmm. to, are people who like to give criticism, or in their mind it might be feedback, right. and it doesn't bother me, and I see them doing it to other people, and okay. I'm sure I, everyone has a give and take of information that they So they're equally, they're equally criticizing everyone equally? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. What I'm trying to get at is that when you're giving feedback mm-hmm. or criticism, before you open your mouth, yeah. ask yourself a couple questions, all right? Uh-huh. Do I have the full picture of the situation? Question one, why, you know, mm-hmm. I'm about to give this person feedback. Do I actually know at least three main facts about the thing I'm giving feedback or criticism on? Mm. Number two, what is the benefit to this person of me giving the criticism? Yeah. Why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. Is it to make me feel better as a customer in a restaurant, as a partner in a relationship? Right. Or is it just because I have an idea and I need to share it? This is and that's good. So those are two things that I think uh, are the main two things when you are giving feedback or criticism that you need to stop and think about. And the third thing is when you're giving feedback or criticism, you need to create an opportunity for that person to take the criticism, mm-hmm. to make a change, or to not accept the criticism. You have to create right. that opportunity. So as Absolutely. a person giving all this, those are the three things I believe 100%. you should go forward with. And I could be wrong. That's just how I do so it. So I would add one or two things okay, to that add list. Some stuff. One would be, is it hurtful? Well, that you need to be, what is the benefit? And if there is, if the benefit is you're trying to hurt them, then don't give the right, feedback. Right. If the full picture is, this will, I know their past, this is going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have the full picture... Don't say it because it could hurt them. Right. So I would say, is, is this positive? my place? Mm, hold on. I'm agreeing with that too about okay. positive. I just want to go th- how my list would be. Yeah, what's your list? Because one is you're asking the person to breathe mm-hmm. before they criticize. Yes. So sometimes a criticism is just a reaction. Sometimes it's actually something that they're, you know, people are passive aggressive. They've been ruminating on it. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They lost sleep. I don't know how. If she does this one more time, I'm gonna fucking explode. Yeah. Whatever it is, right? So the first thing for me is, I agree. Benefit or is it is what's the purpose of my criticism? Mm-hmm. Is it necessary? Yeah. Is it absolutely necessary? The second is, is it is it kind? Mm-hmm. You know, back to your thing. Benefit? Yeah. Ben, is it gonna benefit them or me? Is it, and but benefit it, and kind sometimes can butt heads, right? Because you mm. there could be something that you need to say to someone that will benefit them, right? That is going to create opportunity for them, right? And is going and you do have the full picture, but it's not kind. So but, right, so here, so that's so the it's other like part. three out of the four. Full, the yeah. full pa- having the full picture yes. is very important. Very so important. It's uh, what is my experience with this mm-hmm. so sometimes for me it's not necessarily a criticism but it's it's kind of like a story you know um i've been so impulsive a lot in my life just so you know you know you're doing so many things you know um try to whatever it, there's a way in the delivery is so important the delivery so is important you don't want to go in yelling it's you know tone of voice is yeah. good if you're doing it uh, one more thing i totally forgot about this but I love this. And if you cannot hold yourself to the standard of the three mm-hmm. or four things we just talk, mm-hmm. spoke about, please try to hold your standard of this. You should praise in public 
and you should. Oh, a hundred percent. Awesome. Yes. So you should praise in public and you should finish it. You know, I don't know the saying, but criticize in private. Yeah. Yeah. So you should praise in public. You should criticize in private. If you have something to say. Yeah. uh, And I I think this is especially it's with any relationship, but especially with romantic partnerships or best friend for sure if you are in a group of people do not sit there and go oh thomas you're always do this he's so stupid do not do that right if it's something that annoys you right take them aside and say hey thomas you're still doing you can still have cues though you can have cues but that's not public right like right like people are not right people don't know your your code for the baseball But but your partner should your partner should and that's something you can develop together but if you're constantly criticizing in public Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to establish the trust and these cues because you're yeah, and it too makes much. everything worse. And when you're criticizing, about what is the what is the benefit no besides benefit. humiliation? No benefit. There's absolutely unless you're pouring boiling water on me, like you know. That, well, that's like a, that's a, that's a different. That's a safety thing. I'm saying like emotional right. things, preferences, because a criticism uh-huh. is just yeah. your personal. So preference this is a sweet spot because as. As you enter into a relationship with someone, you should have a couple bubble. And your couple mm-hmm. bubble, you should have code. Like you should have, I know, notice my partner is getting a little antsy, that this isn't their thing. They don't like being in movies mm-hmm. or they don't like going to events. Uh, I can recognize that they're getting a little tired or with my family. These are all things that a healthy communication mm-hmm. It's having a blueprint, having a code. Having a code and then just being... And always being unified. Being and I think unified. that's the important part. Never belate, berate, belittle, or minimize your partner. Everyone else could fucking kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like your boss and your wife. Yeah. Or, oh, your, yeah. or your husband or your girlfriend or whatever. Then you're in a gray area. And then you might want to say, hey, look, my this is my boss. You might see a different side of my personality. Yeah. You know, I think that might see me kissing some age. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's very important, and, and that's you know having a boss in a position of power. Right. And I know sometimes relationships have positions of power and not, but you have to also when you give this when is you great. Give all these criticisms. I think it's extremely important. Besides criticizing in private, yeah. You know, giving them the benefit, knowing yeah. the benefit, knowing the full picture. You need to be able to give the person that you are sharing this feedback criticism with, Mm -hmm. give them ample opportunity to have something to say back. Give them an opportunity to make a change, to have an explanation, not an excuse like, well, I tried, blah, blah, blah. But give them the the stage to say, oh, actually, I am trying that, and I'm sorry, you just don't see it yet. So in in a perfect world, then... This is obviously perfect world scenarios. Well, no, look, back back to the initial thing. If it's a stranger, it's not really that important. Yeah. They're just taking up your time. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for telling me how I parked my car like an asshole. Have a great day. But sometimes maybe you need to look at how you park your car. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Right? But it's at some point, you. that's what I mean about, like, um, if everyone likes to give criticism, I'm not going to hang around those people if all they do is criticize. Like, and then you should give them crit- feedback back that... The reason that I'm going to start distancing myself is just because I feel yeah. over. You know, you have to communicate. Yeah. If people are out there criticizing, they might not realize right that they're coming they're, across negative or they're because they just want to help and they just see their opportunity and they right. see what you can do and they love you so much, but you but they but are not they? seeing that. But do they right? A lot of people I don't think know how to do this. People, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. People do not know how to accept criticism well. They don't know how to give it. So we just covered how to give it. I think accepting it, which is yeah. something that everyone needs to So go back to, to this first on. reaction thing. What, is yeah. that, what does that usually mean? So like for me, my mm-hmm. first reaction when receiving criticism, mm-hmm. even if I don't care, 
about the criticism. Okay. But the initial reaction is like, oh, why do they think that? Like, what did I do to make them think that? Okay. Right? What did I do? And it's a reactionary, and I have to think, don't go with your first reaction. Think about maybe where they're coming from. Think about what benefit they believe right. they're giving me. Think about, do they have the full picture? And think about, so are the they creating opportunity? That's the back brain reasoning mind. And I think that that does not come into play when people are criticizing it because it is, it is an attack, for lack of a better word. It's, okay. it's, it's a it could feel like one. It can feel like an attack. For sure. It is, it is, you know, they're telling you something that, that, that you're not seeing, quote unquote. So I believe you have to have that back brain going. Okay. But it's the, same, it's the same three things. You have to think, why is this person giving this, this information? What benefit do they think? Mm-hmm. Even if they're saying it totally wrong, they're saying it in the most right. ridiculous way. What benefit do they think they're giving me? Right. Uh, what opportunity can I can I give back to them to help them see what right. how it's affecting so me? So give me an example. And what's my full picture? Give me an example. Do they have my full picture? An example. Oh, there's so many examples. I mean, everyone gets criticized every just day. Give me one. Um, this is not why I brought up this topic, but I just thought about this. So I was at a wedding this weekend. Okay. And uh, it was really fun, and it was an open bar, so everyone. By the had way, a good you time. and Dan both looked amazing. Thank you, and I didn't think we even got that many good pictures. Dan and all black. Yeah, we did. Bro, we big did fan. All black, all black, all day. For some reason, we decided that was what we we're going to do. Um, it's a good look. Separately, but Johnny Cash. So, uh, one couple at at this at this wedding. There was a lot of couples that had been together for a while. And I'm not putting anyone people. on blast for you know. I'm not going to say names because no one even knows them. Right. But they uh, they start having an argument. Obviously, out, whenever you have alcohol or substances, sure. it's going to be different. She <laughs> was just yelling at him, just yelling at him, and I'm just thinking. And a lot of the couples who were there, and, and you know, the wedding went on. Like, right. it wasn't a big deal at all. Right, the, right. the bride and groom had a great time. She's yelling at him. No one wants to step in because we're just like, it's not our place. What is she yelling at him about? He, I don't even or know. He was too drunk. drunk. She was drunk there. She, and he's just sitting there taking it. She's screaming at him. And all the couples around them who saw this, because it's happening at our table, were like, oh, new couples. Like, they don't know how to fight yet. And right. it was funny that they said right. that because it was so true. She thought she could just change his behavior. So the wedding coordinator was amazing. This wedding was great. Steve, Melina, we love you. It was amazing. Huh. Beautiful wedding. Um, comes in and she's like, you guys, you can't fight in the venue, in the, in the reception area. If you need to fight, there's a, you know, there's a whole resort. Go fight on that right. resort. She's like, just leave. Um, they said, okay. And they just went like right outside. So it was outside. an intervention. The, yeah, the wedding coordinator. She didn't know them, and it's her job to make sure right. the couple has a good time. And these right. people are disrupting, right? Disrupting things, but no one noticed. Like it wasn't a big right, deal. Right. You did. Um, we did because they were sitting at our table. Right. <laughs> so, Just so she moved them out to the to the rest of the resort, and then she went back to to coordinating the wedding. And oh, uh, nice. And then they got kicked out of the whole resort because once they left, they didn't stop fighting. So it kept escalating. It kept escalating, and eventually they got kicked out of the whole venue. Do you think he eventually chimed in, or he just? I don't really care. It was just so. Were they just sloppy? Immature and sloppy. And the first, every all the couples who saw it, which was only like four couples, Mm -hmm. we just thought, you know, we know how to handle this. You know, if my my partner gets too drunk at a wedding and they're being belligerent and they're out of hand and I can't control them, I'm gonna I'm gonna sympathize with them and I'm gonna try and you know create this space or I'm gonna give them a signal. Like one of the girls, she's so funny. She was like, "Oh yeah, if Josh does that, like I can just look at him." And he knows to stop it. <laughs> because when we get home, we're going to talk about it. But we're not going to talk about it here. Mm. We're not going to talk about it right now. Because we're not going to do that in public. Not because it's a shameful. Not so at what point do you contain your partner? Uh, we also talked about that a little bit the, for like this 10 minutes after this right. all happened. And it was, it was you contain them in a loving way. You're, you're thinking they're a little bit out of their mind right now. Sure. Or they're, they're incapacitated. Sure. 
And you're just going to do your best to minimize the situation until you can get to a spot where things can be, um, they can actually move forward in a, in a positive or just even a better way, right? Like right. her yelling at him is not going to fix anything. No. They're not going to come to a conclusion, no. right? But if you're at a wedding and you're like, okay, I can't control them. Things are getting out of hand. I'm feeling bad. Let's yeah. just remove ourselves and we'll talk about this later because fighting in front of everyone's not going to solve so anything. So give me an example when someone criticized mm-hmm. you. You were like, what the fuck? You don't know the whole picture. Dan does it a lot, and he's really good at giving criticism, but I even react bad because it's someone I care about deeply. Sure. Um, he'll criticize like uh, like a job I have or something. Why are you doing that? X, Y, Z, this is, this is a solution. This is how we should do this and all this stuff. And the things he's saying are good. Okay. Like they're, they're to help me. There's mm-hmm. benefit in them. He has a bit of the whole picture, and he always gives me the opportunity to explain it. Like we do deliver criticism this way. But every time he gives me criticism, I immediately am like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let me tell you all the things. Right. Um, and I have to stop and I have to think. Well, is that your passion? That? Yeah. Whenever you criticize something people are passionate about, you get upset, I think. Is that understandable? Yeah. I don't think it's bad at all. So that's to me, again, back to the noticing my reaction. If I'm really passionate about something and I'm a full focused into it, like blinders on that level of focus, I don't have time for detraction. But you also have to realize that sometimes it's not a detraction. It's an addition. It can be. Yeah. Um, it can be. You're right. If given in a very concise manner. So also, if you're giving criticism, give it in chewable doses. Give mm. it in bite-sized pieces. If you give too much criticism at one time about too many things, there's For no sure. way someone can change. For sure. No way. I just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's always room for an addition. There's always room for something that's a value add or a contribution. Mm-hmm. But why the initial criticism in the first place? I think because people like to tell you why they're giving you an addition. Mm. And maybe if you're someone who jumps right into the into the what, what you need to change, maybe give them the why in a more positive way. Right. I guess for me, my my question would be, you know, with creatives. Mm-hmm. You have a million jobs. That's and that's going to be your life. Because that's it's not going to change. Thing, it's yeah. a project-based thing. Yeah. So that's kind of. It's very different versus hey, why are you in the food retail space or mm-hmm. that kind of? I don't know. I struggle with that. Yeah. I, well, it also is each. It's person. who you are. Yeah. And you're like, well, I win some on some projects, I lose some on some other projects. As long as it's a little more win than loss. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But I just, I just feel like it can, it can be semi-condensed into just mm. the way you accept it. So, okay, so for, for, for getting criticism, because we never yeah. went over the points that I want to with that, um, when you're receiving it, you have to think, you know, if you're a person who reacts like me, where mm. all of a sudden I'm taking it personally, you have to think, okay, this is not about me. This person is telling me this because of something that they're feeling. Interesting. They're not just telling me to tell me. They're feeling a certain way, okay. and then they feel that they need to share it with me. Okay. So it's not about me. Why are they sharing it with me? Mm-hmm. It's not always about me. Um, you need to listen for understanding. If they're giving you criticism, don't just think of all your counterexamples of why they're wrong. Right. Think of, oh, how can I understand what they're saying? Right. What's, under, what's the subtext of what they're saying? Right? And that's really hard to do. I'm not saying this is easy, guys. No. Um, and then when you're responding, maybe instead of being reactionary, which then might cause a fight, not that fighting's bad, hey, sometimes fighting's good, um, 
but maybe say, oh, I didn't realize that. Right. And then go into your counter criticism if you have a counter example or whatnot of that. But not in the heat of the first. The first reaction should be not to react. And which is so hard. We should try take to it again. all in. And then I guess I'm just. We should ask questions. I guess that's my main thing. If you're mm. receiving criticism and you don't how does understand that not sound it, defensive? You have to ask questions to further your understanding. If you're listening mm -hmm. for understanding, then you will question for understanding. If you're listening to defend, then you're going to ask questions that are yeah, defensive, depends, right? Depends, right. If if you're doing, if I'm doing something, and all of a sudden, like again, usually for me, my reaction is embarrassment, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, why? Why embarrass me now? Like, mm -hmm. you know. But but then think about why they're why are they telling you? It's because they just. You yeah. look so good in green, and they don't like it when you don't look good uh, in blue. You know, um, is it is it something like that? It's obviously. It's I get what you're saying. It's 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 look easier said than done. One hundred percent. Sure, because if someone comes up to me, I'm usually caught in the act. Hmm. Does that make sense? I guess so. It's like while I'm doing something, it's pissing or enraging someone off, and then I'm gonna get criticism for it, and it seems like they don't tend to wait. Hmm. Like, but I feel like, again, maybe it's because I'm older, but it's just like I have four or five things that I'm working on. Everyone knows I'm working on it. Being impetuous and impulsive is one of them or two of them. Um, so it's kind of like giving me a, a caution, kind of like a dog. Okay. Just kind of, you know what I mean? Just kind of yeah. shepherding me okay. in, guiding okay. me. Yeah. So that I could get to the back brain and go, oh, oh, I wasn't aware or, ooh, got it. Yeah. I was doing that again. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, and it's personal, but it's something that I'm almost like, hey, give me a heads up if I ever do this. Or like for me, like I'm a talker, man. So like I'll go out, right? You, me and Dan are going out and I'll, people will just start fucking talking to me. Where's your tattoos being this and that? And you're like, we got to fucking go. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I've lost a lot of relationships that way. Really? But yeah. You talk to people? Yeah, people fucking talk to me. I talk too much. And then maybe I allow them to distract that they're not getting enough attention from me. So I've okay. never been good at knowing how to stop, mm. like, cutting people off and going, kind of on it. Catch up with you later, you know. But you know that about yourself and you're working towards it, though. Yeah. So if you have a partner... I kind of invite people in going, hey, yeah. like, if I ever do, like, hey, let me know if I ever, like, I, the other pod, if I'm talking or texting you on too many channels, like, yeah. now I'm very aware of it. Like, it was all Facebook. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like... I know, but that's just you. And, and I... So but, then you have people like me in your life who I mold myself to my friends and I understand their idiosyncrasies and... Fair enough. But that them. conversation was dealt with. Yeah. Are you... I'm going to be conscientious and demonstrate my respect for your needs. And that's called having a healthy friendship mm -hmm. or relationship or having a, so it's very easy to advocate for yourself and say, Hey, if you're going to criticize me, don't do it in public. Hey, if you're going to criticize me, unless you're my boss and it's like mission critical, because most bosses will wait. It's not usually good to wait good until the, like in a food business. If someone's 20 minutes late, they're there, they're showing up, work started. I'm not going to have a... I'll you wait can. until the end yeah, of the yeah, shift. Yeah. What am I going to do? Rail on them at, right before dinner some rush? Boss, some bosses might. You never... Well, that's a bad boss. That's a bad boss. And that's a bad partner or yeah. that's a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. If you tell me, you have to tell me 20 times, hey, 
don't uh, blow up my shit on 20 different things. You'll, you'll, I'll probably never do it again. It'll probably just I be delivered one. that criticism really badly because it doesn't. I don't feel you did. <laughs> I don't feel you did, but it was a good subject. Yeah, yeah. And again, again, a, a conscientious partner, friend, uh, boss is going to know how to deliver criticism because it's always beneficial. Mm-hmm. There's always a good intent. There's always a purpose behind it. And the way they get that way, though, is by having empathy for the people they're giving the criticism yeah, to. Good start. By seeing the big picture. Yeah. If I yell at this person now during dinner rush, actually everything right. is screwed up yep. as opposed to if I wait. So it, it doesn't necessarily come with maturity. It comes with having the ability to look beyond oneself for giving the criticism or look beyond oneself for taking the criticism. Right. And um, I like what you said. You need to be able to advocate for yourself, which goes back to talking about um, when I said like owning it and asking questions. Right. Part of asking questions or listening for understanding is... If you give me criticism and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I hate the way he gave me criticism. Right. Saying Instead of saying, I hate the way you gave me criticism, like, don't do that. Instead say, I understand what you're trying to tell me. Thank you. I would be much more receptive if you kind of deliver it in this way. I, I, I climb right. up. Being honest with the person mm-hmm. giving you your feedback. Mm-hmm. It's okay if someone's giving you criticism and not just sit there and go, mm-hmm, thank you. Thank you. I understand. I didn't no, realize I was doing that. Don't do that. I think you can maturely, without reacting, right. say, hey... Right now is not the best time because we're around a lot of people, right. and I'm not going to remember what you told me, and right. I'm sure it's important. Right, and you know how they say "fake it till you make it." Mm-hmm. Face it until you can take it. Oh, okay, yeah. So face your criticism, lean into the criticism, mm-hmm. and go, "Oh shit, really? Yeah, I did that again. Yeah. So it was Facebook and Instagram, and I was texting you. Fuck. But you also I'm might not sorry. realize it, and and you need someone to tell you if if you're not realizing something. Right. Yeah. And and so yeah, so I feel like facing things. As opposed to, don't be doing it. And then go home later and be like, my boss is a dick. Or mm-hmm. Tom was an asshole today. Or Dan's such a jerk. You know, and it's because we all keep tally. When it's personal, mm-hmm. we all keep tally. And what is it? what is the good, offering criticism to mm. our listeners, what good is it doing you to keep tally and to not face it? Face it? What, what good is that doing to you? If it, if it means it gives you a second to cool off and you're going to face it tomorrow, mm. by all means do that. But if it's just because awesome. you don't want to cause more trouble or you don't want to deal with the situation, I get it. It's right. hard, but ultimately it's going to do more damage to you. So that's where it's not even about you anymore. It's not about It's you. about them. Yeah. Because at that point you're like, look, I've communicated to you X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? This is just my career. Yeah. I'm going to have tons of micro jobs yeah. and projects and this and that and tasks and and you may just want to stop you know don't change me mm-hmm. yeah. allow me to change myself mm-hmm. hold space for me yeah like this is who i am mm-hmm. so at some point that's why i feel like i keep tally because mm. like how many times is this person going to try to change something about me that i love and that is who i am because they're investing in in who I can be for them and not who I could be for myself that they're enjoying that I'm finding my I'm getting further on my journey yeah and there's a big difference oh absolutely I think that recognizing whether the person is not seeing you for who you are right. or if it's something you're doing that's not compatible those are also two things that are very real situations and they're very important in a relationship yes compatibility is because we are constantly evolving 
some people say you can't change, but I believe people are changing all the time. Const- I think people are, I agree with that. I think people are constantly changing. And as long as you're changing and, and putting the effort in, then if anyone should be keeping a tally, it's everyone around you. They should be your cheerleaders. They should be mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, back to criticism, there could be praise. Well, I, absolutely. And I think that when you are giving out criticism, it's also your job to maybe highlight something that is of praise. If it's a if boss. If you care about them. If it's a boss, if it's a maybe, boss, yeah. But, but even in relationships. Um, and I think that the way you criticize each other in relationships says a lot about your compatibility as well. Oh, yeah. Because you can be completely opposite, but if you work through things in a way that's yep. mutual, and you can you can make it work. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing, too. Look, praise... Praise in should, public. You should praise... Criticize in private. Pray, you should praise 10 times as much as you criticize. Yes. Because, you know what? Praise is free. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if you praise in public, do not saying like you have to go out and like yell from the rooftops praise, but that just going back to that saying, praise in public, criticize in private. When you praise in public, that person getting praised feels like it's actually even right. more praise. As long than as before. it's not a dig, like some people go, Oh, look, I've got him so trained. Look at my little puppy. Well, I would say that. I notice women do that. No, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying they feel like it's praise. But it's almost like this, like mm. backhanded compliment. That's a whole different when it's really thing, yeah. demonstrating, like, look, I got, I got my man trained. I and it's hate like, whoa, that. back or or guys, I hate like, that. look, she'll be out, she'll be out within five minutes. Uh, yeah, she's not late anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, really? That's well, that goes back to what I mentioned That's a little a, earlier: the power dynamics within a relationship. Because with with your boss and stuff, sometimes those little games happen. You sure. know, if you if your boss is not a super empathetic person you can deliver criticism right. well um and they praise in those ways like right. oh look juliet's not wait for work again wow everybody good job being on time right. juliet or something like that yeah. right <laughs> if someone did that That's... that would obviously be a bad thing to do but, fuck yeah i would be pissed but you're but the power dynamics and relationships can also be similar right so the <laughs> woman maybe the way only way she feels like she has power is by belittling the person in public and that's not okay it's not right. okay so that's and that's right so what do you mean by praise what would be good praise so praise in public uh, let me think of an example uh, okay so say some say say you know your friend has been working on a, a passion project right mm-hmm. and you've been offering them criticism in private. Like, okay. hey, you gotta, you got to use these Google search tags. Your, your, your website doesn't look good. you got to right. fix that. And you're giving them good criticism because you maybe have information they don't. Uh, and then we get into public. Instead of saying, oh, well, you know, we're working on the website. Okay, well, we're working on our, you know, we're working on it. Instead of saying that, say, hey, we got this done. Right. Or look at our website. The banner is great. Don't right. even mention the fact you don't like the rest of it. Right. Pick and choose the praise. So I'm just that's one example of a friend who could potentially be doing something. Yeah. Or a partner who's uh, you know, they they're they're not liking their job. You're telling them, Hey, you've got to stand up to your boss, be this way mm-hmm. and you're gonna praise in public, you just say, Hey, you know, we're so thankful for what we have right now. I you know, I don't know. It depends. It's so situational, the praise. But see, this this all tie this in. Yeah. To, in closing. To, <laughs> no, well look, when I'm not gonna sum it all up. But when people are distracted on their devices, right or they're not connected and being present and available whether it's work food whatever relationships you may feel like people are listening and aware of stuff but they're not yeah so how present are people sometimes because it's like whoa like oh the food's okay it's like you didn't even really eat it you didn't really you know i don't know just there's something off sometimes i feel like people 
still having transition. It's like they're still in this weird phase of thinking that everything's registering the same. Maybe it's my age showing here, but I feel like, wow, I feel like people are going to take the time and listen and really keep a mental list and be able to hold on to that mental list, such as, and it's not because I'm over, the, I know I'm sensitive, I'm a highly sensitive person, but if someone says to me something that I can demonstrate an effort of respect of their boundaries or how they want to be communicated with, I assume that other people have the same degree of, whoa, okay, don't communicate on a lot of channels. Don't, um, you know, if, again, it's not a deal breaker, like these kind of things, I feel like people aren't recognizing praise or criticism. Hmm. They're just letting it all, you know, back to the, yeah, everything's okay. And then they just stuff it all down or they distract it with their devices or they just self-soothe with something else and they're not really present, you know? They're missing, I, I know I've done it, I've missed so many intimate moments in my life being distracted or preoccupied with a negative mindset, um, being pre- preoccupied with just a lot of things in my life where it's like, whoa, I'm not, I'm not connected to the people in my life. Yeah. So I'm trying to turn that around. And, yeah. this, and people have tons of therapy. Oh, they're disassociated, disconnected, or preoccupied. Oh, they're very busy. They're very, very busy, you know, and it's all like back to the excuses and Mm -hmm. deflection and back to that's what I mean about really lean in and face. Well, if you face the fucking. Yeah. Own it. If you own the criticism you're receiving and you own the criticism that you're giving, I think that you will be present because you are putting yourself on the line for X, Y and Z of what's going on and and using it as a catalyst to help someone using as a catalyst to create change if that's necessary. And, And. yeah, I think that you're right on the bat with that. And that's part of back to, I mean, we covered it. It's a great subject. Let us know what you think for sure. And how do you deliver criticism? Tell us if we're full of it, you know? Give us some criticism. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get plenty of criticism. Um, but I think it's very important to just be able to figure out how you handle criticism, how you give criticism, and then also, like, are you available for it? Yeah, understanding yourself before giving criticism right. and before accepting it is probably the actual number one first step. Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, honestly, yeah. a lot of times people, they just don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I notice that a lot. Like, people are very disenfranchised, they're very disconnected, and they're not engaged. They're just doing, they're just on autopilot, mm-hmm. honestly. I know it's yeah. a massive generalization, but it's like you're going through life and you're not really noticing that, you know. You, I just feel like people take things for granted. Like, if you go to the same coffee shop and they have your name on the cup every day, and at one time they don't. Are you even looking up and noticing that they have a new employee? Like, how, like, are you in the world? Like, I honestly feel like a lot of people are on autopilot a lot. And it's yeah. just like, it's easier. Uh, it's like, but it also makes it easier for me to take their criticism as well. Yeah. And being like, oh, you're texting and parking and this and that. And you're worried about how I'm fucking driving. Well, I think it, com- like it comes down, you're going to, you're going to be like, Juliet always does this. It comes down to what <laughs> impact are you having, right? Mm. Are you recycling? Are you, do you care about recycling? Are you right. making your impact in the world right. in that way? Care about how you give criticism. Right. Care about how you receive criticism. And if you're the only one that freaking cares, that's okay. Because someone else eventually is going to see that's that. Important. And they're going to say, I like the way that yeah. Juliet does that. Yeah. Or I dislike the way Juliet does that. And right. it's going to create a change in their life. Just because, you, but you have to do You can't say, well, because that person's, you know, coasting through life. Well, I don't have to do anything. Right. That, that's the wrong, in my mind, I think that is the wrong way to go. I agree this. 100%. And on that note, 
Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Thanks for listening in yeah. today. You know, any any questions, concerns, comments, let us have it. Criticize the shit out of us. Um, but just subscribe first. Yes. Thank you.